the table with Darlene. Hi, everyone. This is Chris from At the Table with Darlene. And uh, this week, Darlene is actually um, taking some time um, to rest and rejuvenate. So we wanted to play the part two to the family series, which was an incredible um, message that um, Darlene preached a few weeks ago. And I hope that you listen to it and um, you're able to grow uh, with your family. Thanks so much. Anyway, we're going to go with the series today and wind it up. I believe that this family series was meant for such a time as this. Because you know what? When we get our families in a church right, a church can be right. When we can get our homes in order, we can get our attitudes, our actions the way they're supposed to so that God can use us and those things aren't distracting us and pulling here and there, then we can allow the Spirit of God to move. So I believe that it was meant for this time so that we could get some things out of the way, crucified under our feet so that we can move forward. And so today we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, Okay, people are sending me. Okay, Christy. She's airdropping me stuff, and it's coming up on my pages, but that's okay. It's, it's, it's working. It's doing. Uh, first, Thess- first Thessalonians 3 and 12. We're going to start with that. I may have to, can- I'm going to have to cancel. Sorry, it's right in the middle of my, anyway, we'll do it after church. Uh, it's called Reducing Family Conflicts, because let's face it, our family is where we have our most conflicts. That's where it hurts the most. That's where we get into most trouble, whether it's with parents, siblings, spouses, cousins, uncles, aunts, whatever, you know, and and then it, you know, an extended family and so on and so forth. It happens in life. We've all had it. And I know there are situations that happened and and you got to know our heart in here. Pastor and I have been through rough times of life. And so you, we, we aren't condemning anybody that's going through divorce, had divorce or whatever. God is the restorer. But I am saying to you that if you are married and you can do anything to save your marriage, then you need to do it. And, and we need to reduce family conflicts in our home. If you have children, that it is just hell at your house today. We need to change it into a little bit of heaven. And so we are trying, our goal, uh, Pastor and I's goal in teaching this series is for every family and for every listener to take a pause And reevaluate your relationships. Take a pause, look inward, and evaluate your relationships. Now, if there's God never intended for us to live in an abused situation. He did not. And if the abuser can't repent, and sometimes there's two abusers in a marriage, and if they can't repent, then God help them. But God didn't intend for anybody to be abused. And so I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about we need to take a pause and see and reevaluate our place personally. Personally, not your spouse, not your children, yourself. Because it's easy to make everybody else have to change. We want them to change to fit us. And that's what we're going to talk about because... uh, That's an easy thing to do. But then number two, I want you to ask yourself. Number one was take a pause and reevaluate. Number two, 
What can I do to make things different and better? I've been asking myself that. Quit responding. Take a breath. Pause. We're going to talk about the different, we have different makeups. We're all different. We have different personalities. And so we all respond and act differently. Doesn't mean that, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But anyway, what do I need to do? Our family is the, number three, our family is the only earthly possession we, we're going to take to heaven with us. That's the only thing that we get to take. That's it. And this year, number four, is such a time as this. Why are we teaching on the family? I already told you a while ago. We're teaching you because our nation is in trouble. Our country's in big trouble. It's in big trouble. Church, listen, it's in big trouble. And don't sit by and think because you don't watch the news, that's going to make it okay because that's not true. If you don't pray and if you don't seek God and you don't find your knees and humble yourself and pray and seek his face, he can't heal our nation. But when we, we may be the silent ones and not saying whether we're voting for this man or that man, but we better not be the silent ones that show up in prayer. We better be crying out to God and praying to God for our nation. Because it's our individual mandate that each one of us have to stop, to stop what we've been doing. Stop. If it ain't working, then stop it. If it's not working in your home, then we got to stop something, right? We got to reevaluate. We got to take a pause. We have to stop what we're doing. That does not help build our strong families. And we got to start doing what God has promised, what he's called us to do. And then he can do what he's promised he will do. Because see, what the enemy wants to do is get us fighting with each other. Because when we're fighting with each other, we are not united. I'm telling you, we are a strong team. But we have to stay in unity. Because when we're not in unity, you don't get the good of us. And that's the same with you. Whatever you're doing, that's how the good comes. All of us, everyone here, I'm sure you say, I want to have a peaceful, I want to have a loving relationship. I want my home to be full of peace and full of grace. And when people come around, that they can sense that, they can feel it. Well, we each have a major role to play in building these healthy relationships. God wants our impact with others so that his love through our personality, his love through your personality is so important that you've been given, not what your spouse has been given, but what you've been given. He wants to show himself through me. He wants to show himself through pastor to me. He wants to do the same in your relationships with your children, with everyone you come in contact. And so we have to learn to be sensitive, uh, learn to be sensitive to others. And you know, we have to learn that. Sometimes we have to learn it. It's a process. We can't just hear seven weeks of messages and, oh, we've got it, because we have to continue and continue and continue to pull that thing down like you did, Carl. You know, we make quick judgments, and, and we have our mind, but you did something in the spiritual realm that can 
If you keep doing those kind of things, it will get where those things are not there anymore. All of a sudden, you're free from road rage and thinking that everybody else is driving stupid except you. Amen. We have to be careful about categorizing our family members, even when you think they're weird. And we all have weird ones in the families, and it's probably us. That's what, that's what Lou says, so I'll just use it. But we need to make it our goal to appreciate the personality differences and blends in our family because we're all different. And we've got to learn not to use the information that we've been giving you for seven weeks to make excuses for your weaknesses, of saying, this is just the way I am. No, yeah, you were born with gifts and talents and a bend, and we're going to talk about those, but you've got to let the Spirit of God mold them in you. They're wonderful. You just got to use them right. Don't use excuses like, this is the way I made her. I can't help myself. Here's another thing before I get rolling. Don't expose the weaknesses of other family members. You're supposed to cover them. Never, ever say never, ever. Never, ever say never, ever. Okay, let's say it louder. You're not convincing me at all. A little better. Okay, come on. Never, ever. There you go. Now you sound like you're out there and people won't believe that I'm just preaching to seats today. Never, ever are we supposed to in public humiliate and demean someone in the presence of another one. And you can go, ouch, oh, oh, ouch, hurts, don't it? But we're not supposed to do that. That is not the spirit of God in us, and that's not the way we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to be that. I I ministered a few weeks ago, and I said, you know, if you use a tone on your wife or your husband that you wouldn't use on me or pastor, then you're wrong. You're so wrong. We've sinned. We've come short of the glory of God, and we've got to repent. We've got to stop it. We've got to spouses. We've got to speak kindly to and about each other. We've got to praise each other. Now, praise it first in private because it doesn't do me any good if he's, not, if he's harsh to me in private, but he gets up here and brags on me because I've told him before, and he don't do that no more. That's good, huh? Told you before, and you don't do that no more. No more, no more. What's the rest of that? Hit the road jack. jack. Woo! Don't come back no more, no more. Those bad habits, hit the road jack. That's what we need to do. It's not that we want to get rid of the, you know, he doesn't want to get rid of me. He just wants me to change. He wants me to be willing to allow the Spirit of God to bring out the good in me that he fell in love with because I got a lot of good in there. I was a scared little frightened girl. I don't know why in the world he married me. I had so many issues and such a mess, but God said, I got a plan. I haven't forgot about you. I'll get you to Farmington, Missouri, and you don't have to go through the mental institution. I'll just get you there. Isn't God good? Man, the only hope I had of getting here was to go to the state hospital. Isn't that something? (laughs) That's what my doctors told me. 
The only place I know to send you is to State Hospital at Farmington, Missouri. I didn't know anything about Farmington, Missouri since I'd been an adult. As a child, I used to come up here to the Pentecostal Church of God and uh, uh, to fellowship meetings and to youth rallies when I was young and my dad was pastoring. I didn't know anything past that. I didn't know that Daryl Rose was in Farmington, Missouri. I didn't know it when the doctors were threatening to send me here when I, you know, that was the only uh, repose they could give me. But I ended up here and God saw something in me and I saw something in Daryl Rhodes and he saw something in me even though we had to go through a lot of stuff, a lot of junk we had to go through the fire but we were not burned, we had to go through the waters but the flood did not overtake us and drown us we were have been persecuted we have been this and we have been that but God has been so good and in spite of us he still used us And he's changing us from glory to glory to glory. He didn't give up on us, and we haven't given up on each other. All right. The same with our children. Same with our children. They need to be affirmed in their homes and around their peers. And as much as possible, and I know this is hard, as much as possible... Do not discipline your children in the presence of others, and especially other children. Try really hard not to do that. And as they grow and all, try really hard, parents. They still need discipline. They know that look. I knew. I knew that look from my dad. I knew that look that when I got home, and all I could hope for was that I could fall asleep, and he'd carry me in, and he'd remember that I had been ugly, and I hadn't listened. That was my only hope, because when he promised that I was in trouble, I was in trouble. But he waited. You know, there was that look, and a lot of you were raised up with that. We need to teach our kids. They know when they have done something, and later we're going to talk. You know, I, I don't remember, honest to goodness, I don't remember having to spank Tiffany. If all, I don't know. I probably spanked her when she was little. I don't remember that, but she knew my look. Mom had a look that she knew. Yeah, you did. You spanked her one time. That's true. That is true, and she deserved it, but we won't go there. She did, and she agrees. She did. Sneaky, sneaky. The Holy Spirit just tells, I'm telling you, he's something else. Anyway, we won't go there, Tiffany. Your sins are under the blood of Jesus. Amen. But anyway, there's many factors (laughs) that influence our behavior, our personality, our life experiences, our family backgrounds, our intelligence, our culture, our society, our religious beliefs, our upbringing, and our character traits are all influences on how we behave. That's just the facts of life. Our behavior style refers to how we act in different situations and different settings. And uh, our greatest impact is our behavior is our God-given personalities. And that's what we're going to talk about because Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made exactly the way God intended you to do. And it's up to us as individuals to operate and live out our strength and not our weaknesses. Because, see, we all have weaknesses. Every one of us, we have weaknesses. I could, you know, some of you are just really open about your, you, you know, you, you admit you go from zero to 10 or maybe 20 in, in, in a second. That's a weakness. That's not your strength. 
and we have to learn to develop our strengths and we let our weaknesses die out. Because when we quit using our weaknesses as our excuses, then we begin to use our strengths. That's what we want you to do. That's what we want you to get out of these family series. Because we all have our weaknesses, every one of us. And so we want to behave like he wants us to because he puts strengths in us. Uh, Verse 13 and 14 in that same passage of 139 says, For you created my innermost beings, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I can't hardly but cry in that one because even though I struggled with my life as a child and with my mother, still my mother carried me. And I'm so grateful for her to do that. I'm so grateful that in my mother's womb, he knew me. He created me. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That is about you and for you. That is not just about me and for me. You may have not been even raised by your natural mother. You may not even know who she is. But I'm t- and you may not have a father that you know anything about, but I'm telling you that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. He knew you in your mother's womb. He knew you. He already knew us before we ever came into the womb. Isn't that amazing? We're going to talk about four personality stars, uh, styles that I want to share with you. DISC, D-I-S-C. You know that if we don't know the purpose of a thing, we will abuse it. If we don't understand our spouses, if we don't understand our children, we're going to abuse them. It's heavy, isn't it? We'll never realize and we'll never enjoy their bend of personality. God made them so wonderfully that he wants me to enjoy how he made them. When, you know, selfishness is I want them to enjoy how I'm made. Uh Uh-uh, wait a minute here. We have to learn to enjoy how they're made. And when we do that, it becomes less about us. And more about enjoying something that we need in our life. I, I do premarital counseling all the time. And one of the things that I, that I, I share with them at first is the fact that male and female, to get to know each other, and I've said this, I think, in my last one, and when, when we were, I think I mentioned in our teaching here, but God made Adam, and Adam was all in himself. And God said, it's not good that all you can see is yourself. So he puts him to sleep and he takes out a rib that was close to his heart and he forms and shapes a woman and he presents her to Adam and he says, now here's the other part of you. Look at yourself. And when we understand that when we get married, that's why marriage is so important Living together ain't where it's at. Being married, you enter into a covenant. And then you can see the rest of you. Oh, you may think she's this and she's that and he's this and he's that. Take a look. It's the rest of you. You entered a covenant with Father God. 
And when you see that spouse, you're seeing the other part of me. And when he looks good, I'm looking good. When I treat him right, he's looking good. Vice versa. We got we to gotta change the way we think, church. Because we won't abuse something if we understand what it's about. And it's hard when you've been abused all of your life with people and situations to ever see that. But I pray God give you such a revelation that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and he has made you for a purpose for such a time as this today. Amen? So many people, as we get into this, we're a, we're a uh, blend of more than one of these personalities that we're gonna, that we're gonna talk about because, you know, we don't wanna try to fit somebody else into the shape uh, and the personality that we are. We want them to fit into the mode that God made them. And so when we begin to talk about these personalities, I want you to start identifying yourself. And you can find yourself in maybe up to three. You're not all four. You're probably one or two. Most people will have at least two of these personalities. But I just want you to identify yourself and then see if you can identify your family members. Because see, this is about you understanding your family members because you know what? You want to be able on Sunday morning to get up and get ready to church and everybody's excited to go to church because you've had a wonderful week with your family all week and it doesn't mean that you didn't have crises and situations. It doesn't mean that you didn't have to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Those are the best words you'll ever learn. Those are the best thing. And when your husband tells you, my husband told me this just the last two weeks, he told me, he said, darling, do you know that you don't push drawers to you leave your drawers open. You push them, but they don't go all the way to. And I like, no, I didn't know that. Well, you don't. And I stopped a moment. I don't? You know, I'm really trying, working on me. I love marriage counseling, and I love preaching about family. I get better. That's all right. I do. We all do. That's why we need this every year, right? Anyway, he told me that. And I started watching. Lo and behold... I, I mean, I, and I could say, I could say, Daryl, you don't push yours to either. Do you ever do that? I, yeah. You don't do yours either. Is that our comeback? Of course not. We need to stop it. We need to like, oh, maybe I'm being given insight to the other part of me I didn't realize. And sure enough, over the last four or five days, I keep having to shut my drawers all the way or my door or whatever. That's the most amazing thing to me. The dishwasher. And I'll tell you what happens to me. And we're going to find it in personality. Gosh, I don't have much time, but I'm going to. Anyway, I do this. I noticed yesterday and I got tickled at myself. I was supposed to be fixing something to eat, helping fix something to eat. He was out grilling. I was supposed to be helping him fix something to eat. I was making the salad. Well, I started on the salad. I put it all on the, uh, on the counter. And then I opened the dishwasher because I needed a knife. Well, the next thing you know, I'm emptying the dishwasher. And he comes out, that's the truth, and, and, uh, and I had gotten the knife out, and, and I looked over, and I had two drawers open, and I just stopped in the middle of it, and I shook my head. I'm like, really? We find out a lot about ourselves if we'll just pause and think. Remember I said that at them? We need to take a pause. We need to think. And we need to stop doing like we were doing. I want him to keep telling me till I stop that thing. Not in anger. 
not in a degrading way because I don't appreciate that and he doesn't appreciate it and neither should you guys, right? Amen? But in the right way, you know, mm, you're, mm, yeah. And he has his little things, but I'm not telling him. He's working on them just like I am. We're working on things because we're trying to, huh? <laughs> we're not going there, baby doll. But we have to stop our criticizing and correcting. We just need to stop it. We need to stop criticizing and correcting. Criticizing and correcting. And as the older you get, if you're not careful, the worse you get. So stop it right now. Stop it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Because today's the day we're being freed from some stuff. Because we want our wombs to open. Our spiritual wombs and the natural wombs. We want them to open so that God can do what he wants to do in our lives. So we need to do that. Okay, let's go on. Start by, we're going to start by identifying our personality, uh, our strength, and we're going to say yes, even to the fact that we have limitations. Relationships, they're going to improve around your house when we discover the personality styles that we have in our homes. And we need to just adjust our own behavior style to complement others. Isn't that something that we need to? Isn't that something? Why shouldn't they have to? No, we need to adjust ours. Isn't that something? Oh, but that's the way I am. And you just make me mad by the sound of your voice. I'm tired of the, your voice, the way it sounds. So I'm going to react to you. Hmm. Getting hot in here for all of us. We've got to enhance our communication skills with words that will edify and build up others. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Have you ever, okay, we think, we hear somebody with, they curse a lot. You know, and I, you know, I've always said, well, they don't have a very big vocabulary when they curse. And I believe that. Because if you have to use all those words, every other word, then you obviously don't know very much of the English language that you are allowed to talk and say without cursing all the time. I truly believe that. But maybe we need to enhance our communication, our language to those around us and our skills. We need to work on our verbal skills and our loving skills, we need to work on those so that our words will edify and build up those around us. Boy, do we have a year of homework. Wow. When you go home, just start practicing because it's going to take you a while. Just keep on practicing. It's going to take us a while. And learn to repent and say, I'm sorry, and start again. Just keep on. And when they say, I'm sorry, say, okay, I forgive you. I love you. You may, and you may be like, I'm just so sick and tired of this, but keep it to yourself. Well, that's going to be hard, isn't it? But we can do this because we want the presence of God in our homes, right? Amen. Amen. We want the presence of God to move and use us to what he wants us to do. God is more interested in how we treat each other than whose personality is right or wrong. Isn't that something? He's more interested in that than the fact that I got the best personality and the way I think is the best way. God's not interested in that. He don't care. He doesn't need me to make everybody else okay. He just needs me to conform to his will and his way. We have to learn to reduce areas of conflicts in our home by choosing our battles very carefully. There should be very few battles. If you want a battle, get after the devil. Tell him to leave your home 
alone. There's too much sickness in our homes. There's too much financial poverty in our home. There's too much poverty in relationships. There's too much poverty in so many areas. And we need to kick the devil out of our home and tell him to get the our hands off of our husbands, off our wives, off our children, off of the things that God has given us because the blessings of the Lord make us rich and, and, uh, and, uh, added no sorrow. I say that every day and I just let, uh, lost added there. Thank you, baby. But no, that's what we speak over our life. We said it when it didn't seem like that, but I'm telling you what we kept saying and we can keep on shouting because the blessings of the Lord make us rich and addeth no sorrow to it. Declare it over your household, over your children. You got to know that you know that you know that God has your interest at heart and he's more interested in how we treat each other than anything else. It's called work, W-O-R-K. To change our behavior. It's work. Especially when you get our age, huh, Boomer? Something that's going to change and impact our families and others around us. Well, this is the way I am. This is the way I've always talked. This is the way I've done it. And you like it or not, this is me. This is the way I am. No, God said that's not good enough. Uh Uh-uh. I want other people to see my goodness in in you. And I believe that the secret behind Paul's, the Apostle Paul's ability to spread the gospel to so many people groups was because Paul knew how to adapt and learn to do what was right in the sight of God. Let's turn First uh, Corinthians 9, verse 19, 19 through 22, and let's read that one. It was warm in this house today. I've been up here for a while. We've had a Pentecostal service for all of you that's Facebook, you don't know. I've been on my feet, and I'm having the time of my life. All right. First Corinthians, but I am perspiring. I think that's the word. <laughs> First Corinthians 9, 19 through 22. Though I am free, I belong to no man. I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like the Jews to win the weak I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. And through this scripture, we have to understand that everyone operates out of either their strengths or their weaknesses. What are we operating out most of our time? What are we doing? Only we can judge ourselves. Only we can say, oops, you know, I believe I I have strengths. I know I do, but I am uh, operating out of my weaknesses more. Okay, we're going to start. DISC, D-I-S-C, with the D personality. It tends to be bold, and it can seem very harsh. And it can be very harsh and uncaring in the way that he or she reacts. The D personality can be very bold and even arrogant. That, that's, that's kind of a bend. But, I mean, it's, when God gets hold of it, it's good stuff. God takes that boldness, and he can take that and put it out there. And you can prophesy. You can do things that you couldn't do in yourself. But you also have a tendency, you can be really harsh. And God, we need to ask God to reveal our areas that are weakness dominated. Because if you're harsh with everybody and with your answers, and, and, you know, you just kind of, this is the way I am, I just speak then you are working through your weakness and not your strength. We've got to learn to ask God because he will help those who cry out to him for help. 
First Thessalonians 5.13, the second part of it says, live in peace with each other. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. John 15.12 says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And we know that the plan of God for our life is to be controlled by the Spirit of God. He wants us to have a Spirit-controlled life. How exciting is that? If we can start living the Spirit-controlled life instead of the darling-controlled life, or you can put your name in there, whatever that is. Much more exciting because I'm telling you, my controlled life, it just gets really boring and, and really, really, it's a small world. But when we allow the Spirit of God to work through us, God will begin to do a work. We are a work in progress, but pro process is necessary, but we also have to progress. It's important. If we aren't progressing, we won't stand still very long. We will begin to slide back and pick up. We have a natural bend, and we will begin. So we will clash, or we will help the Lord build the house. Relationships will be healed and restored when the Holy Spirit. So we're going to give you some valuable tips to connect to real quickly with both adults and with children. With a D adult, and I, I don't know who's a D adult. There's a lot of us. D adult. With them, you're living with one. Avoid power struggles over control. Maybe there's two of you in the home. Avoid power struggles over control. Number two, don't lecture and don't nag. Number three, stay away from negative focus. And if you're living with a D adult, understand they're more interested in getting the job done than the perfection of the job. Now, to the perfectionist, that just drives you nuts. But you've got to understand the personality that's living with you, and they've got to understand your personality. It's going to, you know, we're going to, if that's, you know, if they're, you're living with a D and you're not one, well, then you've got to understand that that's the God bent that they have. Yeah, it may need some work, but you do your part to help them. And that's not correcting them. And the D adult can't correct you. Okay, the D child, because it's really important. You remember I talked about the arrows, you know, not only do we have to shape, you know, the cut the arrow, you shape the arrow, you get it so it'll go into the the area that God wants it to go, you pull back that bow and you shoot it the way it's supposed to be. Well, the D child, you have to set clear limits and boundaries. It's very important that you set clear limitations and boundaries for them. Don't argue with this quick thinking and decisive child. They're very quick thinking and they can talk their way out of a paper bag. They just know how to do it. They will push the limits. This is the D child. This is what they did growing up. They just did. Remain calm, parents. Remain calm as you can. Don't deal with them in the middle. Send them to the room and after a while, deal with them. The strong-willed child knows, needs to know that you are in control. And that's hard as a parent. But it's important that if we understand their bend, that it's very important that we do them. Teach this child patience, even though they love immediate action. You have to teach them the patience. It's hard. 
You know, it's not an easy thing to teach a child that is very strong-willed. But God made that bend because that strong-willed, boy, when they get it going in the right direction, there's your leaders. There's your people that know how to take charge of something and get it going and rolling. They just have to make sure that they allow the Spirit of God, as they when they get adult, to, be, to go in the right way. Amen? Okay, how about the I, adult? Now, you know, I can see, I'm not supposed to say who I see, but if you're not the I adult, then you need to allow the I adult that you're living with time for socialization and small talk. Be quick to compliment their efforts and how they look because they need it. Don't criticize them and push them for perfection. Recognize that they love change and variety. So when you get a C dominant, a D dominant person in there, did I say C? Yeah, a D adult, and you have an I adult, you've got two totally different personalities. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing at all. It just means that you've got to understand each other's bend. Let's move on. The I child, this child has a problem getting organized. So their rooms, their drawers, etc., always tend to be messy. They don't really see a need to put things away. They don't really see a need to be organized. That's not what they want to do. Uh, they, you just have to lovingly guide them. They don't, chores, why would you need to do chores? I mean, you know, everything looks fine to me. It looks good to me. You have to guide them. Uh, so learn, you know, you'll probably have to do some chores with them. You have to help them and lovingly guide them and teach them how to do them. Uh, listen intently. The I child will tell you long stories that have no endings. <laughs> they have no endings. Anybody have a child or, or yeah, that, that just their stories, just there's no ending and you keep waiting. And there's a lot of I adults that are like that too. You know, the stories have no endings. You just have to be patient. You have to listen. And, and uh, whenever possible, I know you can't do it all the time, but listen as much as possible to their long stories. Give them a lot of affection and approval because they need it. Praise them because they need it. They're bid. They need that. Some need it more than others. And if you don't need it, then it's hard for you to understand someone in your family that needs it. But remember that God made them just like he made you, and it's so important. Okay, the S adult. Let them know what you want. Don't expect them to figure out the details. Now, there are people you need to give them the details. I can think of people that need the details. They will get it done. Just give them the details. Don't expect them to just know what you are thinking. Tell them what you need. Now, it's really hard for somebody that thinks, can't you see it? Don't you see it? It's right around you. Tell, well, I might do it, but if you want it a certain way, be sure that you let that person know. Be open and share your feelings because they are relational. Those with the I personality are very relational. Don't expect them to know everything. See it the way that you did. Don't violate their trust too because they put a lot of energy into trusting and being trustworthy. You may... You know, you may have found your second one right there. They don't like too many changes. That is part of the S adult. Okay, the S child likes routines, is shy in public, and don't like a lot of attention given to them. That's interesting, isn't it? 
that you need to give them advance warning of any changes. You know, we, we understand that a lot, you know, with, with Max. We can say, wow, you know, there's a couple of personalities in here, you know, when, and child, and, but he likes his routines, and he's shy in public, and don't, lot of a, don't like a lot of attention given to him, uh, and give advance warning, and there's, you know, and give advance warning if there's changes. Let, let that partner know, that child know. They love to relax and do nothing, but that doesn't mean that they're lazy. You know, we just automatically think they're lazy. Now, they have to learn to work, too, and they have to learn to work on themselves to understand the people around them. But God is wanting us to understand that we each are wonderfully made, and he wants our homes to be happy. Okay, the C adult. Now, allow. here we go. Jessica, this is for you. Allow time for processing their thoughts. Don't be critical. The conscientious adult feels deeply. Give them details and factual info, information to process it. Afford them time, such as to get ready. Every woman here can probably say amen. I like it when I know when I need to be somewhere and how long I have to get ready. That helps a lot. It really, it really does. Because, and there's several, you know, we just uh, afford them time. And then maybe provide a deadline for action or decision. The sea child. Don't overact to criticism spoke by a child. Now, isn't that hard? Really hard with that child that tends to be really negative. Well, you're going to turn that negative into positive. It's guide them into a healthy acceptance of shortcomings of others. Because you know what happens? They don't have much patience with people that don't see things the way they do. If you've got a child like that, because they will grow into that adult that is very critical, that doesn't have patience with other people that don't see things the way they see them. And so we have to guide them into it. Be patient and answer their never-ending questions Be so that they can process the information they need to know so that they can grow and be healthy. And it's interesting because this child, one negative incident can cause his personality to think that the whole day is horrible. And that will go into their adulthood. They'll think because one thing happened at work, their whole day was horrible. Or one incident in their marriage, and their whole marriage is horrible. And so we have to work on that because negative thinking starts with a personality trait that was never corrected. It comes into adulthood. So what are we going to do about that? Well, we have a lot of work because we brought that from our childhood into our adulthood, and it's a natural thing that we do. We have a lot of homework to do. We have a lot of working on ourselves so that we won't do that. And I am closing. I have two scriptures here, and would you come to the keyboard? Because we have a whole, we're going to do an altar call because we need to repent. And I am serious about this. I am as serious as anything I've been and anything that's happened. We, I, we need to repent so that our homes can be healthy, so we can start over. First Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil or insult with insult. But with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I told you a while ago, if we want what God has for us, we got to hook up with the way God does it. 
See, God, he does not change. His word does not change. It is forever settled in heaven. You know why we don't get from God what we're asking God? Because we are not doing what God has said, and he's bound by his word. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to get at you. He's bound by the word that he has spoken. It's already been spoken. He's not speaking a new word. He has already spoken his word. Then Uh, The same yesterday, today, and forever. The word is spoken. Now we have to act on and react to the word of God. That's the part that we get to, we get to do. Ephesians 4, 29, stand to your feet. Do, Do not allow unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not let any unwholesome talk. What's unwholesome talk? Some of us think it's just cursing. No, it's not. When you're not edifying and you're not building up the people that you talk about. I don't care if it's the driver that you didn't know and didn't understand, Carl. You found out something, didn't you? Our unwholesome thoughts. And Carl, I'm only using an example because you were bold enough to say it. And everyone here has probably been guilty time after time. Unwholesome thoughts and words. We talk about that crazy driver or that person that, you know, what's wrong with them and, you know, whatever. We're so quick, so quick, so quick. And the word of God just says, don't let any unwholesome talk. If we're not building up, if we're not edifying, we might as well be cursing and damning God because we are not doing what the word of God has told us to do. I know that's pretty strong, but it's true. It's time that we live Christ-like. Yes, we are righteous. Yes, we are. Our spirit man is saved, but we, what a, when we come before him, what if he says, I put a treasure in you and you did nothing with it. You lived your own life. You were foolish. You lived like the foolish man that took the talent and did nothing with it and hid it because you just thought, oh, you know, this is the best way. No, it's not all about you and the talent you got. It's about when you stand before God, are you we being everything that God's called us to be? Are we acting out the God that's within us or are we suppressing him? Church, Solid Rock, we have a mandate to change and to be what God has called. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful. Oh my goodness. If I say something to you, And you's like, why, why did you use that tone of voice? I ought to be woman enough to say I'm sorry. That wasn't helpful, was it? We've got to do this. My goodness, our muscles are so weak. Our muscles in doing right has gotten really sloppy and weak. We're taking for granted the, our families, our greatest treasures, those children, those moms, those dads, those grandparents, those people that we say we love, but we treat them so harshly. We treat them as if they're insignificant by our words, our actions. We get mad when we want to. We say what we want to, and they're just supposed to forgive us, and they probably will. We quit being hypocrites. We got to stop it. Helpful for building others up according to their needs. My husband has needs. My children grandchildren people around me they have needs they need something from me and it's a work but he's always working if we'll work with him 
we can enter into that place. So today, I don't care how you do it, but if you can get close to your spouse and your children, you don't need to get close to anybody else right now, but if you can get close to them and you can just personally begin to, as we sing this song, we're going to come to the altar. We're making an altar. You can sit, you can kneel, you can stand. I don't care what you do. I just want you to make some decisions today that God work on me, change me. I'm coming to your altar with a humble heart because I want my family to be powerful. I want my family to represent you. I want to be able to do everything you've called me. Every vision you've ever given me, I want to fulfill it. Those desires that you put in my heart, I know that you put them there. And I don't want to stop your flow in my life. Well, there's been a lot that's went forth today that's been spoken, that commissions that God's given. I wouldn't take this service lightly at all. In fact, this may have been the most important service you've been in all year long because God has spoken some powerful things. Aren't you glad you were here? Aren't you glad that you've listened to the word of the Lord and what he's been saying? So, Dwayne, as you begin to sing, you two begin to sing, let's begin to let God speak to our hearts and then we're going to go home.